I'm a baby. I don't know how y'all do it. I get in this presence and I lose it. I lose it. I'm a child. <laughs> I am a child. It's hard for me to get in his presence and not cry. It's just hard. With the way this world is, with the way people are, when you get in the presence of love, it's hard not to start leaking at the eyes. <laughs> it's hard not to make your heart flutter. It's hard not to feel his embracing love, his words towards you. Glory. Mm. Well, I'm back. All right. I'm back. I had such a wonderful time hearing all the women teach. Come on, give them a hand. Give them a hand. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Come on. I enjoyed not only hearing them teach, but seeing the support. Seeing the support that was given them. Seeing families come out, friends come out. Uh, seeing people who usually wouldn't be at a Wednesday service show up just for our women. I so appreciate that. Um, with the women speaking, teaching, it was never about the word, okay? It was never about sizing them up to see, you know, uh, how could they deliver their knowledge, the revelation. It wasn't about that. It was about letting our women know that we were going to support you. Amen? That we are going to support you. As men, we have to let the women and the children know that there's a support system there. We know how to assert ourselves. Amen? That's just for my men. I don't want the women. Amen, men? We know how to assert ourselves. We know how to take it, take over. We know how to do that. Okay, and sometimes you guys get lost in the shuffle. Sometimes the kids get lost in the shuffle. So we wanted to make sure that you knew how important you were to us. Even in my own marriage, uh, the father told me, don't worry about you. Worry about your wife and your kids first. I tell you my story all the time, how Tremaine used to tease me because I used to get my shoes from Walmart. He wasn't a good friend back then. He, good friend. he better now. That was when we first met. Uh, uh, and that's a joke. So let me say, <laughs> let me say that. What'd you say? Okay. Um, and even in my marriage, um, he told me I would be standing here, what I would be doing. At the time, I wasn't receiving anything from the VA. He told me, you're going to get 100%. All that's going to work out for you, son. But what I want you to do now is I want you to father those children and I want you to push your wife in, a di in this direction. So in this ministry, like Jesus said, the son can only do what the father shows him. So even in this ministry, that's the agenda. Get the women to where they're supposed to be. Push the women. Elevate them. Can you imagine her being in this situation, not being a doctor, not being someone in which I put her up here. Do you know what you guys will lack? 
having just to hear me by myself, okay? We're one. And that's how we want to operate in this ministry. That's how we want to function in this ministry as one. All right, this is not the McKinley and Cindy show. It's not the Apostle and Doctor show. This is our platform for ministry. Everybody has a lot to offer. And so, like I said, this was never about just hearing the women for sake of doctrine. This was about us letting them know that, look, you guys are supported. All right, your voice needs to be heard. When me and my father, uh, when, me and, when me and my wife started our Bible study, um, this was her rant at me, all right, because me and my father were doing most of the teaching, uh, because, mostly because she was in school, but she got in her feelings. I don't feel like I'm a part of the ministry. This is y'all ministry. Okay, note, take that note. <laughs> I had to take a note, all right, and I made sure when this ministry started, not only did she feel that way, but it was seen as Amen. So uh, I appreciate every woman that got up here. It was about you guys taking that, you know, that that time to study, that preparation, knowing that you have to speak. It's, it's agitating. It's irritating all week long, studying, 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 coming back to the word. And then it looks foreign. The pressure of knowing that you have an assignment to do. That's why we did this. Because when you lose that pressure, it lets you know you're not in an assignment. Whenever you lose that, you should be preparing like that all week now. Now that you know (laughs) the preparation, that's how you should be preparing. Like you have to speak. Like you have to teach. Like he's going to use me somehow. I don't know. So if you're relaxed, then that means you don't have an assignment. And so um, that was the reason for that. And I think the father was well pleased. I know I was well pleased to sit back and then have to say nothing and everything still ran. I need you to understand the spirit does not move through me. It does not move through Dr. Hardy. It moves through his children. In the Old Testament, Amos 3 and 5, he said that he, everything that he does, he does it through his prophets. But in Hebrews chapter 1, he says that he no longer speaks through the prophets and the law, but now he speaks through his son. So he speaks through his children. He speaks through his children. Now, there's an order to it based on ministry and running community, but he speaks through his sons and daughters. He's not interested in speaking through callings. All right. All right, all right, all right. Come on, we gonna let's let's teach. Let's teach. I feel Holy Spirit juice. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Whoa! <laughs> That's my partner right there. Live and direct. So we're gonna start on a new series, uh, and the title of the series, as you can see behind me, is called pray like a child pray like a child all right pray like a child now the title of our first teaching on today will be called the first rule of prayer
Now, before we can construct the conversation, before we can go into, is it intercession? Is it petitioning? Is it thanksgiving? Before we do all of that, first rule of prayer is this. I must pray to my father. The first rule of prayer is, who do I pray to? Who do I pray to? I was looking online and I was looking to see what the masses were saying based on, you know, what the scripture says. There was not a time in scripture where Jesus said, and if I'm wrong, y'all send me the scripture, okay? I got no problem with that. There's no place in scripture where Jesus says, pray to me. You have to understand that Jesus was trying to give us his life. He wanted us to have a relationship with the father like he did. He didn't come to be an in-between so that in the relationship, we had to do everything through him. So I talked to Jesus, then Jesus talked to the father. Jesus talked to the, the father, talked to Jesus, and Jesus come back, talked to me. He's the mediator. Mediator. When something is mediated, after the mediation is done, the mediator steps aside and let the two people now talk. Okay? So when it comes to prayer, and prayer is just simply a conversation, it's simply talking to your father. That's all prayer is. It's a simple conversation. You talking to your heavenly father. You talking to his world. You speaking according to, there's an eternal life here. We don't pray according to time and space. We pray with an eternal perspective. All right. Jesus said he's the ransom. He was a ransom. So me, when the exchange happened, who got a book bag here? Who got a bag? That's fine. Yeah, let me see that. Let me see that. That's fine. Come here, Kirby and Kena. Both of y'all, Kirby and Kena, come here. Uh, Cre- uh, no, nah, nah, yeah, you good. You stay right there where you at. <laughs> but we got to do a whole other type of service. All right? Now, come here, Kena. I kidnapped Kena. You take this. I kidnapped Kena. Oh, no. Stop all that. Okay. No. <laughs> all right? I kidnapped Kena. Now, the only way that he can get her back is this ransom. Okay? The only way you can get her back is this ransom. In that bag, how much she worth? What's in that bag? Priceless. All right. That's a a bag full of diamonds, he said. There ain't no cash in there. My wallet. Oh. Okay, he messing up my message now. All right. I don't want your wallet. Get your wallet out before you give me a ransom. I'm joking. So we're going to exchange. I need you to give me the ransom and you take her. All right? Bye. Before I kill both of (laughs) y'all. Okay? The ransom stays with me. They go on to live their life. The father gave the ransom to get us back. Once the ransom is given, the ransom doesn't go with us. That's why he had to resurrect. The the ransom died. 
That's why the scripture says that Jesus proved to be the son of God by the resurrection. They didn't know he was the son of God. Only Peter, by revelation, the father talked to him. Everybody else did not know. He was shown to be the son of God by the resurrection. The resurrection proved that he was the son of God because Jesus died. And a son of God can't die. That's what makes us, once we get in Christ, we are now eternal beings. We belong to him. Forever, our bodies don't. The kingdom of God would not inherit flesh and blood. The Bible says that we will have bodies like angels. That's why after Jesus got up off the cross, he walked through walls. But the ransom died on the cross. The ransom was in the tomb. The son got back up and got into that body. And so now that the ransom has been paid, the propitiation, meaning that he was satisfied with what he gave to get us back. Now that that has been done, the conversation is between us and the father. It's not between us, Jesus, and the father. The conversation is between us and the father. That's hard. It's going to be hard for people to deal with. But I got some scriptures to back it up. Okay? So the first rule of prayer is know who you are praying to. Know who you are praying to. We say a lot, the Lord told us this, the Lord told us that. If the Lord told you anything, he going to say, pray to my father. I got scriptures to back that up. Y'all know I'm ready to act a fool. I missed y'all. The who, when you know the who, it will construct the when, the why, the how. The problem with our prayer is we don't know who. So we can't answer why. We can't even say how. That's the learning choir, right? When we know who we are praying to, prayer becomes easier to engage. Becomes easier to engage when you know that you're talking to a father in a relationship. When you know I'm the child, that's the father, the conversation is easy. The problem is when we don't understand what the relationship is. And we're talking, but we're not talking out of relationship. Because we can pray to God, but who is God? God exists all by himself. He didn't need anyone to start or finish, okay? When we talk about God, we're talking about an eternal perspective. The Bible says, the first scripture, that God, in the beginning, God created. He didn't need nobody, okay? Now, if you fast forward or if you turn to the second chapter, this is the first time in scripture where you see the Lord God. It was in the second chapter. Why? Because he could not be the Lord until he owned something. So in the first chapter, God, from eternity, created time and space. And that God didn't need, didn't ask nobody's permission to do nothing. So when we talk about God, and this is the confusion in prayer. When we talk about God, we're talking about sovereignty. Sovereignty means this, I can do what I want to, when I want to, where I want to, how I want to. 
The Lord just speaks of this is what I own. This is what I possess. This is what I created. This is what I made. But father says, I relinquish my sovereignty to be a parent. When you, God don't have to answer your prayers because he do what he wants to when he wants to. Sovereignty. The Lord is not a relational term. Your landlord don't care nothing about. <laughs> your landlord don't care nothing about you late. Ain't no sympathy there. Ain't no empathy there. Why? Because there's no relationship there. That's not the relational place. Jesus is our brother. That's the relationship. My father, this is according to Jesus now. It's in your Bible. Jesus said, my father sent me to get the children. (laughs) He didn't send me to gather the children so that they can know him through me. No, that's not why he did this thing. He died, said, it is finished. When When he said it is finished, what happened? What happened? The veil. The veil was torn from the bottom up. Huh? From the bottom up, right? No, from the top down. Oh, Jesus. I guess that's why he said teach this. (laughs) The veil was torn from the top, meaning the man didn't do it. The veil was torn from the top down, Letting you know the father said this relationship is now available to you. You don't have to talk to Jesus. You don't have to talk to the Holy Spirit. That's not why it's here. You talk to the father. Now, can you talk to Jesus? Yes. I don't want to stop you. Talk to Jesus all day. Can you talk to the Holy Spirit? Yes. You can talk to angels. You can do all that. But that's not the relationship. The reason why the planet exists the scriptures exist. It's because he wanted to be a father. Not because he wanted to be a God. He was God before that. He was a Lord all by himself. He had all of heaven. He didn't have to even create time and space. He was already the Lord your God. The angels are surrounding him all the time. Singing holy, holy, holy. This whole thing was about us getting into a relationship with him that never ends. Now, I have to address this and I'm going to continually address this in this ministry because the Bible says that gifts and callings come without repentance. Now, I'm going to speak on this, but then I'm going to come back later and give you all the documentation, the scriptures to back it up. Okay, gifts and callings come without repentance. They're irrevocable. So mean when your, your gift and your calling can be How can I say this? The Holy Spirit can engage that without your mind being right. The Holy Spirit can engage your calling and he can engage your gift. He will use me to teach y'all because ministry needs to be done regardless of ignorant humans. (laughs) So my gift will turn on for ministry. Got nothing to do with the relationship. So your gift can be banging, busting, all that. Your gift can be top-notch, but your relationship, garbage. 
You can have a calling. You can be an apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and there's other, many other callings. You can be a philanthropist. You can be an artist. But you have no relationship. And that's what churches have been doing to people. The churches have been running off of gifts and callings because that's what the Holy Spirit will always engage that. Holy Spirit will always, Holy Spirit will not turn off. He can. It can. But for the gifts and the calling, it will turn on. So the Bible says that that is irrevocable. That You can have that without repentance. We're not after that. I don't care about y'all being gifted. I care about the relationship. I don't care how well you prophesy. I don't care how well you pray. I tell my own wife that me and my wife, we have been in discussion for years about this because I've always seen people take this stage and pray, blow it out the water, okay? But off the stage, they're pretty evil. They're pretty evil, okay? They're pretty evil. And so me and my wife used to talk about this all the time, okay? Because she's always had that gift. When we was in Leesville, the first time she grabbed the mic, she cut it up. She tore it down. I'm like, Who is that? Oh, that's my wife. <laughs> it was a gift. All the way there, we arguing. She telling me all talking trash, all ooh, get up here, grab the mic, and tear it up. I am confused, Lord. <laughs> I am confused. How is she doing that? Now, that's not now. That's not her now. This is the good wife, all right? <laughs> I was confused. How does she grab the mic after telling me off all the way to church? And do that. I'm thinking, I'm a sinner. I am all the way off. She's right. I'm wrong. Why? Because when she grabbed the mic and started praying, the spirit just dropped. And I'm like, what the hell on it? If we don't fix this, she going to think she right all the time. Because she can do that. Am I right? You think you right because you prophesy. Because you can teach. No, this is an anointing that comes on me for you. When I'm at the house by myself and I ain't got nobody to teach, it doesn't happen. <laughs> if I don't study, it don't happen. The moment I crack them scriptures and look, the Holy Spirit, boom. All right, let's go. Why? Because it's time. It's about the sheep. It ain't about me. And so I have to let y'all know that gifts are not your life. Callings is not your life. It's about the relationship. Okay? Now, now, gifts and callings are without repentance. It's irrevocable, right? But when it came to the kingdom, Jesus said, you got to repent. You got to repent to get the kingdom. You don't have to repent to get the gifts. You don't have to repent to get the calling, but you got to repent to get the kingdom. And the only one, the kingdom belongs to what? The children. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you the documentation later. I'm going to show you because you need to know, you need to understand. Jesus never, let me come down here, I'm getting comfortable. Jesus never paraded the gifts. Open the man, blind man eyes, go, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> Who opened your eyes? Some man, where he at? I don't know. Because he ain't walking around saying, hey, y'all, look what I did. (laughs) 
He never said anything about his calling. He was a prophet. He was an apostle. He was an evangelist. He was a teacher. He was a pastor. But he never said nothing about his calling. That's why it's hard for me to let people like, you know, and I get, y'all call me apostle. Because Jesus didn't care about that stuff. The only thing he paraded was what? The relationship. Every other conversation. My father. My father. My father said this. My father said that. It was never, listen to me because I'm an apostle, because I'm a prophet, because I am called by the Lord. It was never that. It was never that. It was never the calling. He said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. That's my mission. And so we do have to repent to get the kingdom. We have to repent to to, to conform to the image. Because repentance simply means have a mind change. That's all it means. It means go from being a human orphan to being a God child. That's what repentance is. Like I said, I don't mind. I told my wife, look, let's calm down on all the, the, the titles. I said, because I don't want them to think that's their life. I don't want them to think that. I don't want, I don't want people to call me that. But Dr. Hardy and Tanya are wearing me out and wearing me down. And then, and it's okay because I understand. I have to say I'm an apostle because there's an authority comes with it. And if you don't acknowledge who you are, you can't walk in it. But never will I be mad at you for not calling me apostle. Okay? I don't care about all that. But that's what I am. That's the call. I have to let you know. Because when he speaks to me, that's how he speaks as the overseer. He don't speak to you as an apostle. He don't speak to you as an apostle. He don't speak to y'all either. All right? He's not talking to y'all when he's talking about apostle because apostle is the overseer. He's the master builder. He is the one that has to construct all of this stuff so the Holy Spirit has to speak to him a a specific way. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) If you're a prophet, that's how he'll talk to you. If you're an evangelist, that's how he'll talk to you. If you're a pastor, that's how he's going to talk to you. So if you are an evangelist, don't try to pastor. If you're a prophet, don't try to do the apostle work. I'm the master builder. (laughs) Amen? And we just keep it simple. Because that's the only way he's going to speak to you. He's not going to speak to you no other way. He's not going to say, well, you know what, Chris? Today, you're going to be the apostle. (laughs) No. But will he tell you some good stuff to tell me? Yes. Will I listen? Yes. Okay, because we need to be able to listen to one another. That's a relationship. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, y'all ready to start teaching now? Oh, y'all thought that was it? Nah. Now, Gifts and callings, as scripture said, is this. They're going to pass away. Right? He said prophecy going to pass away. In the end, all you have is a relationship. Matter of fact, that's the place where you're lost. That's where you're lost. 
So, we have five scriptures we're going to talk from today. Um, our, we're coming from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 10. We're going to read this and then I'm going to go through it. It says, whenever you pray, so that means you're going to pray. All right, but remember what I told you. The when will always be determined by the who. Well, if you don't know who, you don't know when. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. Verse six. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door and pray to who? Your father. All right. Who's in secret, who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So now if you go on a secret and you pray to Jesus, I can't promise you them results going to work. I'm sorry because the scripture didn't say that. If you go into secret, I can't promise you the Holy Spirit going to be there because the scriptures didn't say that. No, I take that back. Jesus didn't say that. We're looking at the words from the one who came to give you his life. I'm just saying what he said. So you don't get mad, get mad at him. If I'm wrong, it's because he wrong. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Verse 8, don't be like them. Because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our father. In heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everything Jesus told us in those passages of scriptures was telling us to pray to our father. Not one time did he get off mission and say, pray to me. He didn't say that if you pray to me, I'll reward you. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> you pray to Jesus, there's no reward. Because the reward is the inheritance. And he's a joint heir. If he gives you reward, he's giving you his portion. Stop that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start back at verse 5, and we're going to walk through this, okay? These five scriptures, and then we're going to get out of here. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 says, Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, anytime you see truly, he's telling you, this is how my father's household works. He's telling you, if you do it any other way, 
it's not going to work. Truly, I say to you. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward, meaning they prayed a certain way and the spiritual realm didn't hear them. Now, the first thing Jesus does in these five scriptures was he shows us how not to pray. He said, do not pray like the hypocrite. Now, hypocrites, hypocrisy in those days dealt with stage plays. A man would stand with a mask on and they will project them voices so that people can hear them. The person behind the mask and the voice had nothing to do with the person. So he said, don't pray like a hypocrite. How do you pray like a hypocrite? Pharisees, legalistically. When Pharisees prayed, you know they weren't obeying all them laws. But they're praying like they are. They're imposing things on the people as if their prayer life is up to par. So he told them, don't pray like the hypocrites. He says, because they love praying standing. In the synagogues, on the street corners, to be seen by people. Motive. Motive. There has to be a motive behind your prayer. Why are you praying? To your heavenly father. Why are you praying? Because I need answers. Because I need direction. Children have to be guided. Parents are there for guidance. How are you going to be led by the spirit if you're not praying to the one who All right, let's keep it going. All right. Then he says, they will receive their reward. Now, rewards are just wages. Reward is not always a good thing. Okay, you can be rewarded for bad behavior. A reward can be good or it can be a punishment. It's just the wages. It's what you earned for what you did. And so he's telling them, you're a hypocrite. And because you stood and you prayed in front of everybody, that's why I'm telling you about the gifts. Because I don't want you to go stand and try to do something to impress everybody and you get nothing for it but the standing ovation. All you got was, ooh, you anointed. That was your only, (laughs) that's all you got. You got a little attention here and there, but that ain't your life. So Jesus is telling us to pray in a way where we can receive the life. How long must I be with you? I'm trying to give you the life. (laughs) Because when I leave, you're going to need this life to keep going. Let's go to verse 6. He says, but when you pray. So now he went from telling us how not to pray to how to pray. He says, but when you pray, because he's speaking to his disciples, all right? He says, go into your private room, shut the door, and pray to your father. Go into your private room. Means what? Get alone. By yourself. 
Now, that's the prayer that builds the relationship. Because it's not, it's not strange that he said, go to your private room. Soon as he told us how to pray, but then he said the hypocrites do it in public. So he says, go to your private now. Okay. Kids grow up in the households. They don't grow up in the public. Kids grow up in a, in a household. So what you do in a household when you get out in public, it'll show. We're looking at you, me and Dr. Hardy, to see how, how was the father raising them. If you in secret, when you come out of secret, you're going to be more and more like him every time. When you get into that secret place, that's the atmosphere of your father. This is what Jesus is letting you know. When you go to pray, your father's going to meet you there. Now, so what has to happen is a child has to come there. We need no full grown adults in prayer. When you get in that secret place, he don't want to talk to no apostle. He don't want to talk to no teacher. He wants to talk to his child. When you get in that place, I'm talking your gift. Turn it off. Watch this. Come get your ransom. Just take your first time you'll get your ransom back. All right. We broke all scripture protocol. So he says, go into your private room. And then he says, and shut the door. So go into your private room, personal place, in solitude, and shut the door. Meaning shut everybody out. Turn your brain off. Quiet your spirit. Duct tape your kids to the wall. Whatever you got to do. I'm joking. Okay? I'm joking. Whatever you have to do. Turn your cell phone off. Take your Apple Watch off. If you got a Samsung, you probably... No, I'm just playing. <laughs> if you got an Android, I don't know if you should be a member of this... No, I'm just playing. I'm just joking. Yeah. But take off your watch. Anything with notifications. Anything that's going to be distracting you, get rid of it when you step in a prayer. He wants this prayer to be uninterrupted. I need to talk to you. Why? Because it's somewhere I'm trying to take you. I got a whole predestined purpose for you. But watch this. You got to grow up to get it. And prayer is where you grow up. Your gift no matter when you're a husband and you're demeaning your wife. It doesn't matter. When you're a wife and you can't submit, it don't matter what your gift is. It don't matter what your calling is. When we're at home, you no prophecy. I don't care about you, no prophetess. You better, your wife, right here. So when we engage, it's a husband and wife talking. I ain't talking to no prophet. She ain't talking to no apostle. That's when we know how is the relationship. He wants to talk to parents, kids. He wants to talk to you guys in your prayer life. 
on how to obey your parents, on how to do the things that he called you to do. Your predestined purpose ain't going to start when you get older. It's starting now. Soon as you, soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are born again, you can be on track for your predestined purpose. It's not an age. Jesus was 12 years old in the temple, sitting, listening, asking questions. So he says, shut the door. That also means, yeah, I got this here, it shut your flesh off. Turn off your flesh. Then he says, pray to your father. He didn't say pray to my father. He didn't say that. He didn't say pray to my father. In this instance, he didn't even say pray to our father. My father would mean this is my father personally and it's not your father. Last week, Ken is up here teaching, and she kept saying, my father. He was sitting right there. There wasn't nobody else's father but Kena's. Who father came here last week after getting a haircut? Raise your hand. Oh, God. That's it. I know, right? Shot time. He said, pray to your father. That's personal. That's personal. He said, you know, I ain't going to even be in the room. I ain't going to be in the vicinity. This conversation is between you and him. It's between you and him. Don't put me in it. I ain't got nothing to do with it. I look online and I'm looking like, who do we pray to? And I kept all, what the Bible says, pray to the father but you should also pray to Jesus but the scriptures didn't say that I'm looking at all of these websites and it's just this is this is the evangelical movement we about to crush it okay you too excited <laughs> he said yeah <laughs> So he says, pray to your father. You got to get to the place where you understand that is your father. He's not your father because of me. He's not your father through me. He's your father. When he says our father, he's saying this. My father and your father are the same father. The Bible says, he who is sanctified and those that are sanctified have one father. So he is not ashamed to call them brethren. The Bible says, as he is, so are you in this world. The Bible tells us to conform to his image. So when we do things through the name of Jesus, we're not doing it saying the name of Jesus. We're doing it because we understand this. He's how we got into the family. He was the sacrifice. Okay. Quick example. Kenan and Kirby. All right, a family reunion. And Kenan decides she wants some ribs. So she walks over to the table, but then Manushka meets her over there and she says, Excuse me, who are you? And she says, I'm Kenan. Okay, who are you though? I'm Kenan. But who are you? I'm Kirby's wife. Oh, you have all the ribs you want. 
I know y'all been there like, oh, come on up, cuz. No. <laughs> she got those ribs because the name that she now represents. You can approach the father because you are under the name. It's already taken place. We don't have to do this again. We're not doing it every day. You are in the name already. You don't have, even at the end of your prayers, we do not have to say, in Jesus' name, Amen. Paul said, I pray to the Father from whom every name derives. Amen. Y'all ain't praying. Y'all ain't, y'all, ain't, y'all ain't studying. He said, ask in his name. That don't mean to say, Jesus, can I have this? Can I have this in the name of Jesus? No. Ask knowing that you represent the family. Ask knowing that you are a part of this family. Ask knowing that you have been adopted, brought into this family, and y'all had the same last name. That's why you are in Christ. Same last name. You are now in Christ. You can say it like this. That's Kirby Christ. That's Kena Christ. That's Terry Christ. That's Chris Christ. You can say it like that because we are all one with Christ. We are not the body of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. We are all under one name. When he sees us, he sees Christ. He does not see Chris he does not see Javon. He don't see Javon and oh, the mistake he made. He don't, that's what you think he sees. That's what you think he sees. You think he sees all your failures, all your mistakes. You, no, that's not what he's, that's not even what he's looking at. You don't adopt a child, bring a child home and just look at all their mistakes. You just failing. <laughs> wow, I see why you're an orphan. You just couldn't get it right. I see why. You don't take a newborn baby and interrogate them every time they do something. Why did you do that? What, Papa? (laughs) Interrogate them. (laughs) I can't mess with Papa today. He's chilling, yawning and everything. (laughs) But you don't interrogate a child. They're doing it because they don't know any better. And even when they do know it better, they can't control what they do. Nothing's governing them. That's why they need a parent. He's looking at you as a child. I love, I love raising you. See, you think he don't have no patience because you ain't got none. <laughs> <laughs> So it means patience is automatically in there. It's like a car. Love is like a car. The the steering wheel is patience. Okay? (laughs) We can't drive no. He can't go nowhere without that. He looked at us in this situation and he said, hmm, they don't like me. They don't love me. They don't even want to be a part of me. They love the sin that they're in. You know what? I so love them. I'm going to send my son so that they can come to me. He gave the love when you are 100% wrong. All right, let me keep going. And and so he says, pray to your father who's in secret. Now, in secret means that he thinks according to his world. 
Okay, in secret mean this is a relationship where you are getting in a private place and you can't see him. You're engaging his world. You're engaging eternity. That's why it's honored. Because you're doing something, you're, you have faith in something you can't see. Scripture said that, right? He says, blessed are those who don't see and do. <laughs> so when you go into that private place, that's honorable. He loves that. Like when your child clean up and not saying nothing. You know how that, when they just take, they do it, they just do what you say. You ain't even got to be there. And when they just do it, you're like, oh yeah, I'm buying you something. There's a reward somewhere. <laughs> you're like, hey, we got to keep this up. <laughs> He's not going to just let that go. Okay, unrewarded. He's not. The fact that you get in prayer, you pray to, he's not going to let that go unrewarded. He's not because you'll be discouraged. He the one said that, the, that, that you should not muzzle the ox wire treads. If you do the work, he's promising you this is going to manifest. All right. Then he says, and your father who is in secret. So now we have your father who is secret. Okay, so your father is in a secret place. You do not see your father. No one, no man has seen God live. All right, but now he's saying your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, this means mm, he can see where man can't see. He sees what your prayers are producing. You don't see it. This is why Jesus given the instructions. Meet your father in secret, in private. Don't do it publicly. Because there's some stuff that you're going to have to confess, some stuff you're going to have to get rid of, some stuff you're going to have to have a different. Wait till we do the one on the, 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 the Psalms of a child. We heard the Psalms of David when he wasn't a child. So he talked a certain way. But when you're talking about the Psalms of a child, you get in front of your child, I mean, you get in front of your father, and you admit to him, this is where I went wrong. Come on. Come on. Search my heart, father. Father, I had a conversation with my wife today. I said the wrong thing to her. Father, you know I need help as a husband. You know I need help as a leader. You know I need help as a father. Father, I am broken. I don't know what to do. No one led me. Nobody taught me. Help me. That's Psalms of a child. Okay? Psalms of a child. You got to get in that place where you're vulnerable. That's why he wants you to be in secret. Because some tears going to shed. Some, some snot going to come out your nose. Okay? It's going down. He's going to build you there. When you come out, you're going to talk like a son. You're going to talk like a daughter. You're going to talk like a child. When you come out, you're going to talk like a husband. You're going to talk like a wife. You're going to talk like a leader. But the longer you avoid that secret place, you're going to talk like an infant. You're going to talk like an orphan. I can tell who in a secret place. I can tell who in a secret place. I can tell by how you talk to me. If you're in a secret place. All the instructions are there. Trust me. He's going to clarify all this how it works. When you're in a secret place. When you shut off everything and just hear him and say, listen to your flesh telling you, you're right. <laughs> I think this is how I should have went. 
Go back to the secret place and ask your father. Okay? Then he says, and your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. He's going to reward you. He's going to reward you just like Cain and Abel. If you do it the right way, there's a reward. If you don't, there's a reward. Punishment is a reward. If you commit a, a crime, jail is your reward. If you don't, freedom is your reward. <laughs> They're both rewards. You earned it. <laughs> if you pray, there's certain things that will come to you. If you don't, there's certain things that just won't come to you. If you pray with the wrong motive, if you pray to get everybody's attention, then that will be your reward. People's attention will replace what the Father wanted to give you. Pray like a child, walk like a child. You live like a child. Pray like a slave, you can finish it if you want to. You walk like a slave, you live like a slave. You live in bondage because you pray in bondage. You pray hoping he answers. Can't have faith in somebody they don't answer you. If I keep calling Terry, because I need Terry to do something for me. And Terry never answered the phone. <laughs> I got to, okay, two out of every 15 times she answered the phone. But I need her to do something. After a while, I got, I'm losing faith. <laughs> that she wants to help me. So what Terry has to do in order to make my faith increase, every time I call, she got to make sure she answered the phone. Every time. Why? Because it's all about increasing my faith. God ain't looking at the phone like, oh, I'm going to make him wait this time. <laughs> no. He created prayer. The communication. He made the atmosphere to a father. Jesus said he only say. Uh. So the father told the son to tell the Orphans, pray to your father. Don't pray to me. Don't pray to the Lord. I ain't got nothing for you. He's your Lord because you share the same divine nature. He gave you his peace. So the peace you have, it actually belongs to Christ. The joy you have, it actually belongs to Christ. We're talking DNA there. That's how he's your Lord. Because we're his bride. We took on his last name. He's our Lord. I'm not growing into her. She's growing into me. She, that was Cindy Fleming. Now that's Dr. Cindy Hardy. I'm not trying to become a Fleming. She's trying to become a Hardy. That's what makes me her Lord. Like the scripture said, Sarah called Abraham Lord. Y'all women don't like that, I know. But... It's, the, it's scripture. It's scripture. Don't marry him if you don't want to be, him to be your Lord. That's why the Bible tells you before you marry somebody, watch the Bible says a man, oh, 
Quick side note. Quick side note, all right? All right. The Bible says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing, okay? It did not say, now watch this, but the Bible says that a good man steps are ordered by the Lord. So we're not just talking about a man finding a wife. We're not talking about a male finding a female. We're talking about a man finding a wife. A man who was raised from a boy taught to get ready to walk into husbandship and a woman who, was, who went from a girl to a woman and has been prepared to be a wife, that's what we're talking about when we talk about that. And the man defines that, finds a good thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. If a boy finds a girl, ain't no favor there. <laughs> There's no favor there. It's going to be a struggle. Why? Because now as a boy, you got to grow up in the marriage. And as a, as a girl, you got to grow up in the marriage. So it's going to be all this conflict trying to make a marriage. How do I know? Because we did it. <laughs> we did it. We had to raise one another to get to this point. So I'm telling y'all, don't do it. Just wait. <laughs> a man that finds a good wife finds... A man that finds a wife finds a good thing and he obtains favor from the Lord. Because you want to know this. Watch. That that man has given his life to Christ and because you're no longer married into his last name once he's in Christ. You're married into Christ. So you want to make sure his last name is representing Christ. You want to make sure on this side that her, that she's representing Christ. So when you bring her under your name, she ain't destroying stuff. Now, if you don't do it that way, it's still hope. But the thing about it is, it's two different types of blessings. It's, uh, y'all pulling it, it's about to come out. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay, it's two different types of blessings. The first one is the wilderness blessing. You know they was in the wilderness? It took them 40 years to get somewhere they could win 11 days. It's going to take a long time to get there. It's just going to take a little longer to get there. <laughs> but you're going to get there. Now watch this. While they was in the wilderness, they had food to eat. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. They had a pillar of cloud by day. Cloud fire by, no, pillar of fire by night. Cloud by day. They had quail coming from heaven. They got water out of spring. They had bread. They had everything. It's just the journey was... And you can be getting blessed, but you can wilderness blessings. <laughs> you can wilderness blessings. Why? Because you, something that could have took 11 days, you did it wrong, and now it's going to take 40 years. You don't want that. You want the blessing that was given in Genesis where everything you do is fruitful and multiply. When, when you do it right, everything will multiply. It's going to multiply. It's going to multiply. Y'all, y'all need to stop. Okay. Verse seven. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles. 
since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Now, once again, he's telling us how not to pray. Now, the first time he said, don't pray like the hypocrites. Now he's saying, don't do it like the Gentiles. The hypocrites really represent Pharisees. The Gentiles represents unbelievers. People who don't believe, but they still pray. Muslims, Hindu. Okay, we ain't got to go through the whole list. We ain't got to go through the whole list. But it also represents Nepios. People who are in the infant stage, but they don't pray. So they keep saying over and over, over and over, over and over, hoping he hear them. Because it says this, watch this. It says, since they imagine, they're doing this from their imagination. They're not doing it from truth. This is from imagination. They imagine if I keep saying it like this, if I keep saying it like that, he going to answer. That's how orphans pray. They're not sure. They're not sure. I'm praying, but I don't know if he's going to do it. No. Watch this. Verse 8. It says, don't be like them. Now, why does he not want them to be like them? Be like them. Why does he not want us to be like them? Just read the next three words. That's it. He don't want us to do it like the hypocrite or the Gentile because who your father is. Because who your father is, he don't want you to do it no other way. But then the way Jesus is telling us. He says, don't be like them because your father knows, knows the things you need. Let's deal with need. Let's deal with need. He knows what you need. What is need according to? Y'all scary. Say it. Nope. I'm glad you said that, though, because that's how we think. We think the basics. No, needs are not the basics. So who, now, you were using Who said something? Said that all that. Watch this. Needs is according to who he predestined you to be. So what did he call you to be? <laughs> called you to be an artist? You need a studio. You need a mic. You need vocal lessons. Everything you need. I already know what you need. I just want you to ask me so you will know that you need it. <laughs> need is not according to the sense. That's earthly. Heavenly speaking, need is according to what he predestined me to be. He called me to be a pastor. He got to give me a church. <laughs> I need people. It's according to the call. He just wants me to ask. He just wants me to get in prayer so he can develop me and build me so when I'm up here, I'm not a nepios. I'm not up here preaching to get you to stay to promote me. You'll never say, you'll never say from this pulpit, I taught any lesson that made you promote me. Everything I do is to bring you to the Father. Everything I do is to get you into that relationship. I ain't enough for you to follow me. I'm not. Everything I do is to bring you to the Father. Everything we do is to bring people to the Father. 
It's not to bring people to you. It's not to get your pockets for everything you do. If you do it this way, you will flourish. Your business should be to bring people to the Father. When you do that, he sends the assistance. Why? Because you're doing it for his name's sake. He got to make his stuff look good. He's not going to make your stuff look good. Pray like a child, walk like a child, you live like a child. So he said, don't be like them. He said, because your father knows the things you need before you ask, before you ask. He already know this is Jesus talking. This is somebody straight out the household. Straight out his household. Telling you how to do this thing. Okay, here we go. Holy Spirit, leave me alone. All right, okay. I am very, very, very skeptical that preachers hear God. I'm skeptical. I'm sorry. I'm very skeptical. The reason why I think we hear movements. I think we hear preachers. I think we look at what other people are doing and we say, if we do it that way, we'll get those results. That's what I think. That's what I know. All right, be corrected. That's what I know. Why? Because there's no way we miss this. There's no way we miss this. This is the simplicity of it. This ain't deep. This is not revelatory. I'm reading five scriptures. He said, pray to your father. He didn't say pray to him. So when we go to study prayer, what scriptures are we looking at? What scriptures are we looking at? We, we're seeing what other people doing, are doing, and we're saying, let's follow them because they got the big church, they got the results. It, it works as impacting buildings, but it's, it's the bad part is, is when you get, I'd rather, rather this be it for the next 20 years if, if I can get you the relationship. That's all I care, okay? I don't care about your gifts. I don't care about your callings. That's going to come. It's going to come. It just happens, don't it? It just happens. We don't plan that. The only thing we're planning is this relationship. We're not planning the other stuff. We're not coming in here, okay, we're going to prophesy today. Okay, we're going to heal somebody. We're going to do a miracle. You know, no, that's not the plan. The plan in coming here is I'm coming to get this relationship. If you come here, you better be coming to get into the relationship. I'll say it again. If you come in here, you better be coming to get this relationship. If you're listening to this podcast, you better be listening to it to get the relationship. Because that's all I got for you. I don't care about your gifts. I don't care about your calling. Because you can destroy people from there. I've seen it. I've seen bishops. I've seen all of them just destroy people because of their calling. I've seen people turn down great revelation because it didn't come from their bishop. Verse 9. Therefore, you should pray like this. 
Our Father, in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Now watch this. Our Father means what? My Father and your Father are the same Father. This is Jesus telling us. He said, this is the model that you need to pray. Don't pray like this. Don't pray saying, our Father, which art in heaven. No, that should be, that should be your mindset when you pray that he's all our Father. Okay, we're praying for all, everybody. We're not just praying for you. <laughs> you have to know that. Before you pray, the number one rule before you pray, according to Jesus, he said, pray in this model. And the first thing he said was, pray our Father. Understand that, that you are praying to a Father, which means you're praying through a relationship. You are not praying to a God. The God just happens to be your Father. <laughs> that's his reach that's his level of influence you're praying to a father and he just happens to own everything he just happened to be the one that created everything he just happened to be the one that owns everything he just happened to be the Lord <laughs> y'all learned something now watch this the next thing he says is our father, where is he at? In heaven. In heaven. He ain't on earth. So what does that mean? He ain't in your house. He ain't in your car. He's in heaven. Which means prayer is an invite. It's an invite. Watch this. What are you inviting them to? Are you, have you been inviting them? If you look at your situation, ask yourself, have I invited my father into this? Have I invited my father into this to correct this? To show me how to do this? Then my kids, they can go, they can go do life all by themselves without us. They're going to crash and burn. They can go right now and do life all by themselves. They're going to crash and burn. Why? Because Jesus says you can only do what the father tells you to do. You're going to crash and burn. You need guidance. I can't do this without hearing from him. These messages come from him. All right. I'll pray like a child. If you pray like a child, you live like a child. Matthew 6 and 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is the Father's plan. It's not yours. Verse 11 says, on earth as it is in heaven. That's why I told you, this is the end game. Get the Father in our life. Get the way he wants to do things in your household. Get the way he sees things. Let that become your eyesight. Let those become your lenses. How does my Father see this situation? I promise you, if you do that, you won't walk into the wrong thing. You will not walk into it. I've been, I've, look, I've been married before. This, I've been married and divorced before. Had I asked him, truth, had I asked him, it wouldn't have been multiple wives. <laughs> I wouldn't have had to do it. it Because he, he, watch this, it's made just for you. 
I don't know if I say this. Kenya came to me. She said, she said, everybody should let the father choose their spouse. Because I would never chose her. She said, she's out of that. There's no way I would ever chose, chose Kirby. Now, she thinks that brother is whole wheat sourdough. <laughs> she thinks he that Panera bread. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this ain't no, this ain't no stuff you get from Publix. You know what I'm saying? This is this brother from straight out of Panera. <laughs> Just wait. All right? Just see. That's the same thing with money. That's the same thing with jobs. Everything going on in your life, you just say, Father, what do you want me to do? The pro- our problem is we impatient. Because they said, this is the only opportunity you're going to ever get. And you said, God, I got to do it. Because they say, this is the only opportunity I'm going to get. And he's like, when you go through that headache, I'll be right here. When you get done listening to yourself, I'll be right here waiting on you. You better get in that secret place and talk to your father so he can make you, so he can build you. So when you come out of that, you can talk like a child. You can live like a child. You can walk like a child. The reason why the church has a whole bunch of orphans, one, they're not praying to a father. They're praying to the Lord, and the Lord can't raise you. That ain't his job. He said, pray to the father. He said, worship the father. He said, the father is looking for such. He ain't looking for worshipers. Let me say that again. Jesus said, the father is looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus said. He ain't looking for worshipers. Jesus Christ is not looking for worshipers. (laughs) He said it. He's not asking you to pray to him. He said, pray to your father. So, Jesus said this. He said, when you pray, don't do it like a hypocrite. Don't be Pharisee with it. Don't do it like a Gentile, like an unbeliever, like a nepios, like an orphan. Don't do it like that. But he said, when you do it, do it to your father. Speak to your father. Get in that private time and talk to a father as a child that don't know nothing. That's why I told you when you worship, what's the acronym? Trip. Am I doing this or not? I know y'all be scared to get the wrong answer because y'all still half orphan. Just blot it out. When you worship, teach me, Father. Trip. Remember? Trip. Trip. First, teach me, Father. Teach me, Father, how to love, how to be patient, how to be kind, how to be a man, woman, child, how to be a doctor, orthodontist. I don't care what it is. Teach me. That's humble. That's saying I don't know. Every day, Father, teach me how to be a man. I don't know. Teach me how to be a son, a daughter, a husband, a parent. Teach me. I don't know. So you have to first start there. Teach me. 
That's this is secret place stuff. The next thing is remove because there's some stuff there. You just came from an orphanage. <laughs> you're newborn. You're human. Trying to become a God. It's some stuff there. Remove the pride. Remove the anxiety, the fear. Remove my ways, my thoughts. Remove. The next thing, impart. I want your love. It's exchange. Teach me. Remove. Now, impart your wisdom. I don't want my wisdom. And so Paul said, Paul said, we don't have that worldly wisdom. We had a love of God. How do we get the love of God? In a private place with our father. In part. And then the next is praise. You should be acknowledging. I am your child. I am loved by you. I am the beloved. I am called to imitate you. I have favor. I thank you. See, I know you thought praise was telling him that stuff. Who gets in a private of their parents can have a conversation with him. And all they talk about is how great he is. They don't do that. Okay, kids don't do that. It's just not logical. We didn't see Jesus do it. He says, I only do what my father tells me to do. He didn't say, my father only does what I tell him to do. Okay. So we have Jesus telling us, pray to the father. Watch this. He said it in Matthew chapter 6. He said it in Matthew chapter 8, twice. He said it in Matthew chapter, uh, uh, he said it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Hold on, I said that wrong, didn't I? He said it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, uh, verse 8, verse 9. And watch this. He even said it when it came. Now, this is prayer. He said it when it came to giving. He said, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand do. And if you give it the way, right way, the Father going to reward it. He said, when you fast, go wash your face. Don't look all disheveled. Don't look all pitiful. I've been fasting. Nope, don't do that. <laughs> he said, don't do that because you're going to get that reward. You're going to tell everybody, hey, I, gave, I put $10,000 in the offering. Yep, that's your reward. That's a big seed to not get the reward. I take it. <laughs> That's a big seed for you not to get the reward. Couldn't I brag about a dollar? Paul said, cry Abba Father. Paul said, I pray to the Father. So, the first rule of prayer is know who you're praying to. All right? The first rule of prayer is Pray to the Father. All right? The first rule has to be applied before we can consider structuring the conversation. If I don't know who to pray to, then there's no use to me talking about worship. It's a difference between worshiping a God and worshiping the Father. It's a difference in between praising the Father. And praising the God. Petition is different to a God than it is to a father. You think I'm lying? Ask your parents something, then go ask your boss. Same question. <laughs> okay. 
That's the Lord. That's your Lord. Your boss is your Lord. They tell you where to be, what to do. You ask your boss for the day off, he say no. And then go ask your natural father for a day off. And he say yes. You're going to lose your job. You got to know when to do what. (laughs) You better know when to do what. Okay. It's different when you're talking about intercession. Truth be told about intercession, you shouldn't be interceding for nobody till you can pray for yourself. What you giving away? What you interceding for? You ain't got nothing. <laughs> you have to learn how to eat from your father's table before you try to give it to the kids. You have to learn that first. You praying that... Every, what about that secret? <laughs> Orphans shouldn't be interceding. You need to understand who you pray for before you, who you pray to before you do supplication. Before you do thanksgiving. Before you do spiritual warfare. If you do it before you, if you do secret prayer before you do spiritual warfare, you know what you'll find out? Satan has no power. And all the stuff you warn for is, is flesh. It's been times the father told me, at this church and at other church, pray for them. But I pray on them, but they're lifeless. Ain't no life there. They're orphaned. I can't pray that away. They're nepios. Can't pray that away. So I lay my hands on them, but ain't nothing you can do until that mind. <laughs> until that mind is renewed. You're lifeless. That's why I told Terry, I touched Terry, all I felt was life. I'm not saying no, y'all, you know what I'm saying? But I, I ain't saying about nobody. I'm just saying, okay? There has to be a life there. Somebody pray for them. No, not praying for you. You need to get that orphan spirit removed, and you need to grow up as a child so you can get your life. You, when you start doing that, you'll see the power. Okay? Because we're not into powerful moments. We're into having a powerful life. Meaning, if I take 12 young boys and put them next to you, they should become apostles. They should become disciples. The Bible says that we are his field. Meaning, anybody I put next to you, go home with you, they should be able to grow just by staying with you. Just by being next to you. If I put anybody, watch this, anybody who has ever got attached to me and Dr. Hart has grown. Period. You can't deny that. Because <laughs> we're true children. We don't even have to talk. Just come hang out. That's why we've, we've opened our house. People seen our marriage. People have lived with us. You got to do this thing authentically. If you don't, you're going to be a leader and the more than people know you, they're going to see you evil as hell. They're going to see it. Why? Because you're not a child. You can't give somebody something you don't have. You can't give away what you don't have. If you pray like a child, you will walk like a child. You eventually live like a child. And that's where we're trying to go. Amen.